So this is the art of customer service number 27 about positivity and mind hacking. Happy New Year everyone! This is the first episode in 2022 and a brand new one on the art of customer service. So let's get started. My name is Eric van Muller. I'm your host on this show. A former canoeing world champion, father of three and founder of SolveMate, a leading platform for customer service automation. On the art of customer service, I usually talk with experts about what makes good customer service, which tools and practices are relevant, which new technologies are available in the customer service area, and many other exciting topics around a great service experience. Today's episode on the art of customer service is about mind hacking towards a positive mindset. On this show with me today is Lara Curry. She has stepped out of the corporate career ladder to found her own experience and leadership consultancy called There Is No Spoon in 2018, and she's a founding member of Woman in CX. Today, we'll be talking about mind hacking and why this is especially important for customer service agents, but the techniques we talk about are important for everyone. So stay tuned for an exciting conversation on creating a positive mindset. It's great to have you on the show today, Lara. Welcome. Thank you very much, Eric. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Awesome. And so I am. I'm also looking forward to learn something for myself. So you started off in marketing. How did you make your shift towards customer experience? Give us a bit of background of yourself. You know, I've tried to answer this question many, many times over the course of uh, looking at the course of my career. And the truth is, I have been doing CX customer experience, just experience creation my entire life. And it goes way back to even when I was in school and I used to tutor some of my classmates and some of the younger kids. And I would always put myself in their position. I would put myself in their shoes to understand where their confusion was coming from. And as I started on my career in marketing, I found that that's what I was doing. I would look at my customers and my colleagues and understand from them what's important to you. What do you want to know? What's going to help make your life easier? And then I would take that information and I would use that to you know, tell me what is it that I'm going to do? How am I going to communicate? And for the longest time, people would look at me and say, okay, but you're doing marketing wrong. And I would think, okay, but this is, this is how it makes sense to me. How can I do anything right if I'm not considering the end user, if I'm not considering what the person I'm doing this for wants? And eventually, after very many years in corporate, I decided that I wanted to do more with that. And by this time, so by 2018, the discipline of customer experience and employee experience and experience creation and leadership and management had started becoming more and more popular. And suddenly I realized, oh my gosh, this is what I've been doing my entire life. So it was just a natural thing for me to step out of marketing and step into the discipline of experience creation. Looks like a very natural thing for you right now. I wanted to ask on why is your company called There Is No Spoon, which is, you know, it's a consulting company and you're helping great companies to become even better in their custom experience. But I mean, there is no spoon. Why is that? <laughs> I love this question. I really do. It's one of the reasons I chose my name. Uh, there is no spoon. Do you remember 
the first Matrix movie. Of course, it's a classic. Isn't it though? It's brilliant. Yes, it is. There is a scene, so for, for anyone who has forgotten The Matrix, anyone who hasn't seen The Matrix, there's a scene in the very first Matrix where the main character, Neo, who is sort of the savior of humankind, is waiting to see the Oracle, who's going to, we presume, she's going to tell him all of these wonderful things about how he's going to save the world. And while he's in the waiting room waiting to see her, there's this little boy who is holding a spoon, a regular spoon, in his hand, and the spoon is bending, it's curving. And so Neo, with the arrogance of his position, thinking, well, I'm the savior of mankind, I should be able to bend the spoon, takes the spoon from the little boy, tries to bend it, and fails immediately. The, the spoon doesn't move. And the little boy looks at him and says, you cannot bend the spoon, that is impossible. Instead, you have to realize the truth. There is no spoon. It is you that bends. And when I decided to leave corporate and start my own consultancy, my own training, I thought to myself, how am I going to get people to understand the way I approach working with them? And there is no spoon. That phrase sums it up perfectly. When I work with people, whether I'm coaching them or we're doing a culture change or we're looking at improving customer experience or employee experience, I always make it very clear. We cannot force a reaction from people. All we can do is adapt the way we are behaving, adapt how we do what we're doing so that we get that response from them. People will respond to the change in us. We cannot force a change in them. And that's why I went with There Is No Spoon. And, and I love that you asked that question. Thank you, Eric. That is such a great metaphor. And I think I will probably never forget that sentence again, that you cannot force people to change. You can only force kind of, the, you can change the circumstances and expect a different reaction. And There Is No Spoon is a very good metaphor. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. So I um, already learned something uh, on this podcast. So let's go on. We wanted to talk about mind hacks and positivity. Why is that important at all? Well, it's kind of going back to what we just said about there is no spoon and uh, changing yourself to get the behaviors that you want out of people. When it comes to customer service representatives, they are on the front line, right? They're the ones talking to the customers day in and day out. The thing is, in this day and age, when we've got so many, as customers, when we've got so many ways of helping ourselves going to visiting the website, troubleshooting, you know, going on forums online, looking to see if anyone has had a particular problem that we're having with a product or a service. We will exhaust, we will try everything we can to help ourselves solve that problem before we call the customer service rep. And a lot of times these days when we're calling the helpline, we get through to a chatbot before we get through to a person. I would love if every co company has a chatbot, by the way. Please go on. <laughs> yeah, not yet there. It would be great if every company had a chatbot that was useful. The, the thing is, a lot of organizations have chatbots that do, you know, one of two things. And the problem, and I, I use this word on purpose, the problem there is that as a customer, we are already frustrated when we're calling the customer service helpline because we've already tried everything to help ourselves and we couldn't do it. That's when we're calling. Now, you put a chatbot that can't help me the way I want to be helped, you are frustrating me even more. 
So by the time I get through to speaking with that human being on the other end of the line, I'm not a happy person. The likelihood is I'm going to be very abrupt with them, probably very rude. And I know for a fact that a lot of people yell. I mean, I hope not everyone is that way, but we all know how people can be. Yeah, exactly. People are emotional beings. And when our emotions get the better of us, we stop trying to be rational at all. We're just driven by emotion. So imagine now that you are a customer service representative and all day, every day, you are talking to people who are frustrated. They might be polite. They're not necessarily being rude, but they are still frustrated and they all have problems and everybody is coming to you with their problems. So all day you are just hearing people's problems and you're trying to solve them. That's emotionally very draining. And if you are a team leader or a business leader, just thinking about it rationally, you have a customer service team who are at the end of a whole lot of negativity. The chances are that they're going to start feeling very negative as well, demotivated, unhappy. It is not possible for people who are having a negative experience to give a positive experience. That doesn't happen. And so when I talk to people, a lot of the training that I do, a lot of the consulting that I do always begins with mindset and how you can mind hack yourself into a positive mindset. First of all, so that you are now more emotionally and mentally resilient. And because this then allows you to give a positive experience to your customers or your colleagues, whoever it might be. And so when I started thinking about what I would like to talk about with you today, it was for me a no-brainer. I was like, this is what I need to talk about because I can hear this frustration from a lot of people that I work with. And the answers are so simple. It's not rocket science. I hope that it's and getting I, so simple. <laughs> it is. And I also like that you already answered my second question, uh -huh. which was, is it something for a person itself, but also for team leaders? Because what, what I heard was not only about the individual, but also to set surroundings where people can grow to their fullest potential. So in this episode today, we wanted to talk about tips and tricks, like really practical ones. How can you get into a positive mindset? And then we also want to talk about things that you shouldn't do or that you should avoid. Yes. So let's directly get started. What can I do to, you know, and probably it's not only in customer service, but also in sales, um, not always good things happen. Or in like when I'm a manager, not, typically it's not the great things that come to my desk, but it's also about the problems that hit my desk. But I think especially in customer service, you need to be much more resilient. So let's get into the juice. Um, what can I do to have a positive mindset. Okay, let's get into it. There are a few things that I will share. There's actually about six things that I will share that we can all do. The great news is that you don't need to buy any expensive equipment. You don't need to invest in anything at all. No new clothes, no new apps. Well, you could get it. There's a couple of apps on there, but they are free for the most part. Um, they have paid options. We'll get into that. So there are those. And then, like you said, there are a couple of things that we want to avoid doing. And before I start, I want to just share with everybody, I didn't create any of this. All I'm doing is I'm compiling a whole lot of science and research that's been happening for decades and putting it into one easy to understand tips and tricks thing so that it's easy to implement. So with that said, this is one of my favorites, honestly, and I have seen this work in real life. There's something called the Superman pose or the superhero pose 
where you are standing with your feet apart, very firmly planted on the ground. Your hands are in fists on your waist or on your hips, sort of you're looking up the way Superman does. I think we've all seen the Superman, at least one Superman movie, when he's standing there looking over the city and his cape is flying behind him. When you have a straight spine, when your head is held high and your arms are in that position in fists on your hips or on your waist and your feet are firmly planted on the ground, that is a very strengthening pose. It is impossible to feel subservient or to feel depressed or sad like the world is stepping on you when you are actually stepping on the world with your head held high full of confidence so and and it's actually been um, proven there's quite a few uh, doctors and surgeons who use this pose when they're going into and you will have seen it if for those of you who watch Grey's Anatomy they actually use this in one of the episodes where they're about to do very complicated brain surgery and the surgeon and the patient actually, they take the superhero pose in the operating room before they start so that they fill themselves with confidence before they go into what's a very tricky surgery. So that's the first thing is if you have just gotten off, let's say, a phone call where someone's yelled at you or you're having a generally bad day. By the time you get to work, you feel like the world is against you. Take the Superman pose for just a few seconds or a minute and revitalize your system before you go in and start answering those phone calls. And, and that, that helps you bring your best to the conversation. I'm imagining <laughs> people getting off a very rude conversation with an annoyed customer putting down their headphones and then standing there in like an office for like, just as you said, looking above the world. That's an interesting one. Probably in home office, it's much more easy to do. But like, as I've understood, it's nothing that you should do once in the morning, but whenever you feel like it and it's like, it should give you some good feeling. Absolutely. You, you... Because it's the opposite of, of sitting crouched somewhere. Yes. Oh, we're going to get into the crouched That is so important. I'm so glad you brought it up. We will get into that. And that's why I was very clear when I said your spine straight and looking up. We'll get into the crouching when we talk about the things not to do. And there's a very, very interesting evolutionary perspective to this. All right. So number one is the Superman pose. What's number two? Number two is to smile. And if you are having a problem sort of forcing yourself to smile, you can take a pen or a pencil and put it between your upper lip and your nose and then try and hold the pencil. <laughs> I'm doing it right now. <laughs> I need to smile. And, and, and Lara yeah. was doing it on the try, video call too. Try and hold the pencil there. Do you see, it is generally... No, <laughs> no we need to talk like <laughs> yes, this. We, yes, we do. But you see, you start laughing <laughs> okay. after that. Of course I do. Of course you do. Because you have forced your mouth into that and into that position. And when you smile... Especially if you So when you do that, and especially when you allow the smile to reach your eyes so that it's your entire face that is being involved in this movement, you are tricking, and this is why I've, I, we've called this mind hacking yourself into a positive mindset, because you are tricking your mind into believing that you are actually happy. Because why would you be smiling if you're not happy? So that's another thing you can do. And this you can do sitting at your desk in an office full of people. You don't have to go anywhere. So that's the second thing that we can do. The third thing we can do is breathe. And I know this sounds 
very, how should I say, like a no-brainer to people. Of course, I breathe all the time. There's a difference between the shallow breathing that we do to stay alive and the kind of deep breathing that we do that helps to reset our system. So I'm going to go What's into... the difference between a normal breathing and what you said, a deep breathing? Love that you asked that. There are two differences. First of all, a deep breath really fills your lungs. And so when you want to practice deep breathing, you absolutely have to sit with a straight spine. Because if you're slouched over or you're leaning back in your chair, what that's doing is it's removing, it's compressing your body so your lungs don't have enough space to expand. The reason you want your lungs to expand so much is because what you are doing when you breathe very deeply is you are going to flood your system with oxygen. Now, I'm going to get a little bit sort of psychological and, and uh, evolutionary here. We have basically flight, fright, fight, flee, freeze responses. When we come up against something negative, we're either going to fight it, we're going to run away from it, or we're going to freeze, which is like sort of play dead and hope that the threat goes away. <laughs> when we are in that situation, that's when our adrenaline starts pumping. And that's when we start having an overload of carbon dioxide in our system. So in order to counteract that and calm our system down so that we are no longer in the fight, flight, freeze mode, we take a huge deep breath and we flood our system with oxygen. So there is not only a mental explanation, there's a physical explanation of you're in anger. Absolutely. And breathing helps you getting out of that state. Absolutely. That's an interesting one. And you take that huge deep breath. There's a gentleman called Dr. Bessel van der Kolk. I absolutely love the work that he's been doing. He's written many books, one of which is called The Body Keeps the Score. And it's about how even once a threat has passed, if we haven't taken the time to reset our system or to actually consciously, purposely calm our system down, the cells in our body still remember that quote-unquote trauma that we've passed through. And so even though our mind isn't focused on it anymore, our body still is. So taking in that amount of oxygen, flooding ourselves with so much oxygen, that's what helps to reset our system. And so straight spine, head held high, breathe really deeply for a count of, say, seven and then hold your breath. That's, that's really key there, is you want to hold your breath to give the oxygen time to go through your body rather than breathing out immediately. And then once you breathe out, breathe out slowly for a count of, say, eight. And usually, if you do this sort of four or five times uh, in a row, you'll find that you get a little bit lightheaded because when we're shallow breathing, we're not used to taking in that amount of oxygen. When we do that with the deep breath, we're flooding the system and that little sort of lightheadedness is how we know that our body has really taken in a whole bunch of oxygen and has reset our cells as well as our mental. That doesn't mean that we're not going to still think about what's happened. So moving on from that actually is the something, I was going to say something else, but then I decided not to. I'm going to leave that to the end. Awesome. So we got three already. We got the Superman pose. I can't imagine that. We got about smiling, tried with a pen and tried not to laugh. Um, and we <laughs> yeah. had breathing. So what's number four? Number four is related to breathing and it's the apps. 
apps are wonderful. And this is something that you can also do at your desk because you have the app on your phone, stick in your earphones, give yourself a couple minutes. There's an app that I know is very popular called Calm, C-A-L-M. I don't use it. I use uh, something called Insight Timer. I've just found that Insight Timer works better for what I want. And so this is especially useful if you are having trouble with smiling or breathing. You can't get off your desk to go and do the Superman pose because once you're listening to this sort of calming sounds, this meditative music or the affirmations on any of these apps, that's what's going to help you calm your system, especially if you can close your eyes or else look down on, uh, without putting your head down, just lower your eyes to look down. This is what's going to help you reset your system. So that's related to the breathing. So that's the fourth one that we've got. Soothing apps. Yes. Because apps can help you get into the right mindset. I've tried calm myself and... Um, I was loving these, um, these small, you know, a small river through a forest and kind of this, this water drops thing. If you hear that for some minutes, I can imagine that's great. It is. And the beautiful thing about these apps is that different people will respond to different things. So for some people, it's the sound of water. For other people, it's the sound of thunder. Uh, for other people, it's the sound of birds. And so these apps give you the opportunity to find exactly what it is that works for you. So it's super personalized. So that's the fourth one. The fifth one is movement. Now there's two kinds of, of movement. When I say movement, it's either actual physical movement. So a lot of people will go to the gym after work and that's their way of releasing the stress of the day. Now you may not necessarily be able to leave your desk and go to the gym to relieve the stress of a bad phone call. What you can do, and this is something very powerful that I use when I coach people, is just get up and move a few feet away from where you were having the negative experience. Because what you are doing, what you are signaling to your system is that you are leaving the negativity behind you and moving into a neutral space. And then you take your time in that neutral space to neutralize yourself. So once you're in that neutral space, you might do the Superman pose or you might try the deep breathing. You might walk around a little bit. Once your system has calmed down, you can then come back to your seat, back to your desk and start again with what you're doing. But you will have taken that time to literally move away and leave the negativity behind you. So this for me is very powerful. That is a very interesting one. I can just imagine, you know, sometimes you get emails or messages or you offer a phone call and you think, ah, oh, this is not what I wanted. Maybe a negotiation or whatever, whatever the meeting is. And just, you can also combine them. So you could take your time. I mean, you know, it doesn't take a lot, but go somewhere, think, do the Superman pose, smile, breathe four times. That's probably one to two minutes. And then you're back with your computer brain to, you know, go on working in a very focused and rational mindset. So number four, soothing apps. Number five, movement, which not only is about doing half an hour of running, which uh, by the way, as a former sportsman, I really enjoy um, this. I really like, if, if sometimes there's a day that really goes the wrong way because there's too much issues happening and you think, well, I'm overloaded by problems that just add to my desk. I like to go for running or whatever you do, like to do some sports and afterwards your brain is cleared. I love sports, but it's not only about doing sports, also a physical movement away from your PC or from your workplace helps. That's an interesting one. Thank you. What's number six? Number six is my favorite. And the reason it's my favorite is because 
a lot of people don't actually understand why it's effective. And I love talking about this one because there's this sort of light bulb that goes up over people's heads. Do you remember, Eric, a song a few years ago by Taylor Swift called Shake It Off? Of course. Okay. Shake it off. Shake, shake it, it off. off. Da, da. Everyone knows it. Uh-huh. Yes. Shaking it off goes back to, this is where we get a little bit more evolutionary as well. Think back to when we were cave people, right? Before we evolved into the emotional and rational beings that we are right now. When we were in a place of danger, let's say, we actually practiced quite a few of these things where we would run away from the danger sometimes or we would freeze or whatever. But one of the things that we did is actually something that animals do. And we are, I mean, we're not plants, we're not buildings, right? Evolutionarily, we are animals. When you shake something off, like literally move your arms or, or you know, rub things off your shoulder, just pretend that is signaling to your body that the threat has passed. Mm-hmm. And this is where a lot of people start getting very skeptical, where they mean, what, what do you mean? Do you have a pet, Eric? A dog or a cat? No, I don't. Okay. Um, well, you, you don't have to have a pet too. But you, you can take an example of, let's take a baby giraffe. Any animal. That, that is actually a really good one. So think of a... In COVID times, we could take a baby elephant because <laughs> that's a, a distance that you should have to everyone. True. So think of animals. If you, if you do have a pet, you will notice that if your cat or your dog is sitting on your lap and you're petting it and it's very relaxed, it's very comfortable, the first thing that it will do when you move or it moves, is it will shake. The reason it shakes is that it is shaking you off. It is shaking off that feeling of relaxation and of serenity and calm because instinctively it knows that it is moving away from a safe space into an area where it has to be alert. So it has to reset its cells to be alert. Similarly, so that's the opposite of what we want to do, right? Well, kind of, kind of, because there's also this looking at the, thinking of the, the sort of baby giraffe or the baby elephant or any animal. If you watch National Geographic and you see lions hunting or tigers, whenever you see any predator hunting a prey, when the prey escapes, the first thing it will do when it is in a safe space is shake. It's shaking off the threat and resetting its system to become calm again. And so that's what we're doing. When we shake it off, even if we can't physically shake, just, you know, you know when people are sort of rubbing down their shoulders or rubbing that, do that. And that's us resetting our system to say, there's no more threat here, we're safe. This is my favorite one. I do it all the time when I'm driving, I have to be honest. People cut me off and I start shaking it off. <laughs> I hope you don't leave the steering wheel. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Good. No, but yeah, I will. Very psychologically interesting. We are still animals, although we're very, probably very educated. So to summarize, six tips and tricks from Lara Curry. Do the Superman pose, smile, breathe in and out a few times, use soothing apps, move away from your workplace or if you can do sports and then shake it off like animals do. So that's tips and tricks to come into a positive mind, to uh, relieve the anger, to get into productivity again. But we said earlier there is also things that you should not do to avoid getting into a negative mindset. Can you share some insights? Yes, I love that you asked that, Eric. And the reason I love that you asked that is because we as human beings now have a default setting 
which is we go on social media when we want to feel better. We've had a tough time. The first thing we do usually is we pick up our smartphone and we'll go, I don't know, Snapchat, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook. I mean, it's, it's an endless list, right? Oh my God, you got me. I'm sometimes <laughs> doing that and I'm watching my, my beloved YouTube uh, yeah. science explanation videos. Well, science explanation videos are okay. What's not okay And there's a lot of science behind this. A lot of psychologists and psychiatrists and other social scientists have done a lot of research. And what they have found is that when we go on social media, it actually puts us into a more negative mindset rather than positive mindset. Because subconsciously, what we are doing is we are comparing our lives to what we are seeing other people doing on social media. And On some level, especially if as a customer service rep, we're dealing with people who are frustrated and we're trying to solve people's problems and we're not always successful. Let's be honest, we can't always solve someone's problem. We are now looking at our friends, our family, even at strangers who we perceive to be having a better life than we're having because we're stuck here being yelled at, having problems thrown at us. So you're saying if I'm like let's say, annoyed from work or for whatever it is, I'm in a negative mindset. And when going to social media to kind of, I'm not getting alleviated from the negative mindset, but it will, it will amplify Absolutely. because I'm seeing it from the wrong angle. Because I could also be grateful for other people having great lives, but you say it's very hard to do that. Is that right? Yes, that is right. And it, it is very, very hard to do that because our brains are not wired to think positively. This is again going back to when we were cave people and, and looking at things from an evolutionary perspective, the reason that we survived for the most part was because our brains always perceived the negative. Because by perceiving things negatively, you stay away from them and that's a, a survival tool, right? You hear a loud sound outside your cave and your brain doesn't say, oh, it could be a rainbow. Your brain says it could be a tiger waiting to eat me. So you don't leave the cave and that's how you survive. And so even though we've evolved, we still have that in our minds, this focus on negativity, because it is still a self-preservation tool. It's a survival tool. And the reason I go into that is because also when we look at our phones, I'm going to ask you, Eric, when you look at your phone, how do you look at your phone? What position does your body take? What position does your head take? Probably I'm looking downwards because I'm having the phone in front of my belly. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you another question. When was the first time you remember being told to look down and lower your head? Probably in front of adults when I'm like, um, when I'm a kid and I should look down. And... <laughs> yeah. It's when you're being yelled at. Yeah. Right? It's when the adult is saying you've done something bad, you're being yelled at. When a teacher wants to call someone for like, um, for a test, then you look down to not get called. Exactly. You're hiding. And so can you imagine now you're in a negative frame of mind, you've picked up your phone, you're now looking at other people who are having a better life than you, and you're looking down. You have lowered your head. That's like the opposite of the Superman pose, right? Exactly. Exactly. You're putting yourself into a very submissive position. What's even worse than that is when we curl over. And a lot of people, I used to do this a lot. Sometimes I would push my chair away from my desk, put my elbows on my knees and curl over my phone. So my entire body is closed. Now, thinking about animals again, when hedgehogs, I, I love this example, when hedgehogs are in a threatened state, they curl up. 
right? Of course they do. Yeah, they're protecting their organs because that's their most vulnerable place. Dogs and cats, the way they show that they trust you and that they love you is that they will roll over and expose their belly to you. They will expose all their organs. That's Oh, what an insight. I've never thought about this when a cat does it. I mean, of course, I'm not having pets, but of course I've seen mm -hmm. um, cats doing that. Interesting. Yeah, that's their way of... Uh, so when they put themselves in this vulnerable position, this is them saying that they trust you. So again, going back to the fact that we are animals, right? Evolutionarily, we are animals. When we take this position of closing ourselves over our phones with our head down and our shoulders in, what we're doing is signaling to our brain that we are in a state of threat, that we're in a position where we are being threatened because what we're doing physically is we are protecting ourselves from the neck down. We are protecting all of our vital organs. We are protecting our most vulnerable part. And so if you can imagine, yes, you're having a bad day at work, for whatever reason, you are now looking at your phone with your head down and you've now curled over your phone, protecting all of your vital organs. That's sending a lot of signals to your brain that you are vulnerable, that you are submissive, that you are in trouble, that it's all kinds of negative things. So we should avoid that. Absolutely. We should avoid crawling over. We should avoid going to social media when we're not in a good mood. Absolutely. Unless you want to watch science explanation videos, that's perfectly fine. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, indeed. All right. Um, what else shouldn't we do? As much as possible, and I know this is difficult, and this is the very, very last thing that, that I will say, as much as possible, try not to dwell or overthink. And again, this is going back to the fact that our brains are wired for negativity. When we start to overthink, when we dwell, we start going to a spiral of negativity and things just keep getting worse and worse and worse. So as much as possible, and this is when it becomes important that the entire team has these tools to mind hack themselves into positivity and also important that the team leader is aware of these tools and makes sure that their team members are practicing these tools. Find someone to talk to and let it out of your system. Sometimes you might want a solution. Sometimes you will say to your colleague, you know, so for example, let's say you and I are working together, Eric, and I'm working with a customer that I can't help. I just don't know what to do. I might put them on hold and turn to you for advice. And then once that's done, I will turn back to them and I will finish the conversation. Or sometimes I can't help them. They've slammed the phone. I will turn to you and I'll say, Eric, I just need to let off some steam right now. It's important to share and get this out so that our brains don't dwell on it and we go into this horrible negative spiral of self-doubt and then that leads to lack of confidence and that leads to feelings that we're no good at our jobs. I mean, it's a very, very tricky thing to not go down that spiral because that is how we are wired. But if we can share, then that helps. And then that's why it's important for you to have these tools as well and for everyone to have these tools so that you then don't allow that negativity to impact you and make your brain spiral into this uh, horrible circle of negativity. Because these things all have a knock-on effect. And so there it is. Our six do's and our three don'ts. Great. So let it out of your system. That is great. And we are like... 
you know, time has flown by. We're nearly about 40 minutes into this podcast and I was thinking, what else can I learn? I learned so much today uh, from you. <laughs> so we talked about um, how to positively mind hack yourself. We talked about um, getting into the Superman pose, number one. Number two, to smile. Number three, to breathe, using soothing apps, um, do movement from your PC or doing sports and shaking it off like animals do. And also, to not go on social media when you feel in a negative mood, to not crouch over because that's a sign to your body in your subconscious that you're in a, in a negative state and talk to other people, let it out of your system and share to kind of get over it as fast as possible. That is great. How do we want to end this? Let's end this positively. That is great. Yes. So uh, <laughs> I've already tried the Superman pose um, while on this call and tried breathing, but what do you want to say? I want to use positive language because that is also a, a way to stop our brains negatively spiraling is to say positive. So rather than say, we're going to end this call, I will thank you for a wonderful conversation and I hope that we will have the opportunity to speak again. Thank you, Lara. It's been such a pleasure um, to talk to you today. So that was the Art of Customer Service with Lara Curry. Um, she is Managing Director of a CX consultancy called There Is No Spoon. You will never ever forget this because of the metric scene where the spoon bends that we talked about. So thank you, Lara, for being on the show today and um, all the best to you. Thank you, Eric. Danke fürs Zuhören beim Digital Kompakt Podcast. Du merkst, hier ziehst du massig Wissen für dich und dein Unternehmen heraus. Wenn du mit uns noch erfolgreicher werden möchtest, abonniere uns auf den gängigen Podcast-Plattformen. Und hey, je größer wir werden, desto mehr Menschen können wir helfen. Also erzähl doch auch deinen Kolleginnen und Kollegen von uns. Bis zum nächsten Mal.